Welcome, Wildcats, to another episode of the Weaver State Weekly Football Game Day Show. We're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Colby Peterson. On today's show, we've got uh, returning to us this week, we've got Tom Stackrook, former Weaver State coach. Tom, good to have you back on, man. Great to be here. Great, great, great to be here. And then uh, also uh, returning, actually, Chris, your first time on the game day show this weekend or this this season, right? Right, right. Yep. All right. Chris is excited to get his picks in. Ladies and gentlemen, we got Chris Ferry. <laughs> I, I have you in the notes as uh, the Weber State Weekly lead researcher because you've been throwing some good stuff out there uh, on Twitter lately. <laughs> yeah, I like to look at the stats. That's fun. Yeah. Try to pick out some, uh, some, some good stats. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're not following Chris on Twitter and you want some good Weber State research, do it. So guys, uh, we're not going to on you know on, on today's show we're not going to really talk about last week. There was no game, obviously. The Wildcats were on a bye week, and we had already sort of taken stock on last week's game day show. So we're not going to do that again. We're just going to look forward to today's homecoming game against Eastern Washington. Uh, last time the Eagles came to Ogden for a homecoming game, things went pretty well. So let's see if uh, maybe that's a, a thing that we can repeat here today. Uh, then we're going to, of course, like we always do, take a fly around the sky and get our picks. Um, so far, uh, I'm in the lead, but my, my win percentage is worse than Chappie. Chappie's sitting at 31 and three. I'm at 34 and six, but you know, who's actually doing a really good job guys. Sean, Sean is 12 and three, man. Like right now. So he's, he's picking some good ones right now. So, but we'll, uh, we'll take that fly around the sky and we'll uh, check all that stuff out. And then we'll look at the upcoming schedule like we always do. But before we get into that, encourage everyone subscribe to the show. Tell everybody about the show. We want to grow and coalesce all of our Wildcat fans, grow the fan base, get them all listening to Weber State Weekly so everybody's ready for game day whenever they choose to tune in or if they want to read some of the content we put on the blog or the stuff that we put out on the internet, obviously want them to know about Weber State Weekly. So please tell your Wildcat-loving friends about Weber State Weekly so we can continue to grow the, the channel and the network. Uh, also... Social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, good places to interact with us. Also on Patreon, you go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. I'm going to try and do better on TikTok, guys. I'm just not the best at making videos. I always have these grand ideas of what I'm going to do, and then I just don't do them. Uh, so we're going to try and do better there. But uh, those are places where you can get us and appreciate everybody, and especially our patrons who continue to help and support Weber State Weekly uh, for the past few weeks, and so or for the past few years, actually. Really appreciate you guys being willing to do that. You're the ones that keep the lights on here at Weaver State Weekly. So thank you to our patrons. Uh, all right, guys, let's turn our attention to homecoming. Uh, man, I am so, so sad that I am not going to be at homecoming today. It is one of my favorite things to do. I always go to the homecoming game. I pushed off moving to Tennessee last year so that I could go to the homecoming game. And luckily it was on a Friday, so that worked out really well for me. But uh, guys, how are you feeling coming into this homecoming weekend, having a bye week? We know about the Wildcats woes coming out of bye weeks. That's been a problem that we've tried to work through in this. I mean, in general, how are you guys feeling? Tom, I wanted to kind of start with you. Well, I think it's always it's always good to have that break. You know, this is a this is a uh, bye that comes at a pretty good time, you know, because you've gotten into the season a little bit. Um, you know, we had that injury on the offensive line. So I think it comes at a good, uh, a good time, you know, and I also think, you know, um, you know, how do you take advantage of it? You know, and, and I know that Jay, some coaches practice every day, some coaches practice two days. And I know, I know that the team had the weekend off, uh, for Bronson's wedding, right? That's, right. That's my understanding. Congrats to him. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think it's good. I think it's just a good uh, mental break for the guys. And then, uh, you know, we'll see how it pans out on Saturday, but I I always think it's good. It's just how how are you going to handle it? Right. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a a really good time. You've played some games, kind of know where you're at, take a week to reload, get ready for this October because the next few weeks are going to be really, really critical. Chris, how are you feeling, man? Uh, yeah, like you guys said, it, Coach Hills, it, I've heard him say that I think a couple of times during the, this uh, two week break that this is about this is about a perfect time to have a bye, right? In a soft, maybe the sweet spot of the season. Um, we were uh, been pretty healthy this year, so but that that two weeks gives those that are a little nicked up, uh, you know, a good time to to rehab and come back and. Um, you're right, though, Kobe. You mentioned before that uh, uh, Jay Hill's teams uh, kind of have a history of coming out uh, looking not so good off of a bye week. Um, so that's a concern. But, you know, on the flip side, you've got Eastern Washington coming in um, off of a trip to Florida with one, wet, one less uh, day, to, uh, day to prepare since they had to play on Sunday. That's traveling across the country and back, trying to get – like, yep. Right. Get a, get around a, a, a hurricane. I don't know how that travel went, but couldn't have been easy. <laughs> no. So, uh, yeah. So, so you have that, maybe well, that'll offset some of that uh, history of uh, Weaver coming in slow off of the bye week. Yeah, guys. I mean, like you said, so because of hurricane Ian, they ended up having to move their game. Uh, the Eagles were scheduled to play in the swamp. This is their second power five opponent this season, by the way. Uh, we'll talk about that and about some of these stats that we're about to go through, because I think that having played Oregon now and now Florida kind of colors the statistics that we see out of Eastern Washington. It's um, maybe not doesn't tell the whole story because of the quality opponent that they've faced. But yeah, the, just the nature of the travel, you're flying from really one end of the country to the other, you know, <laughs> and so that All travel right. has to be tough. Plus that game got moved to Sunday. So that's one less day to prepare for the Wildcats. Uh, They're going to have to take the trip again from Cheney down to Ogden and play at elevation against the Wildcats where they haven't had great luck, right? They just really haven't. And so uh, I think that that might be a factor as well. Um, Sometimes though, with that stuff, guys, you know, I don't know how many times and I've been on the winning end of this and the losing end on this is that you play against the team that, that all those issues you talk about with Eastern Washington. And sometimes those teams use it as a rallying call. Right. Mm. And then they just play, they just play lights out, you know? So it's just, it's college football. You just never, you just never know how, how guys are going to respond. You know, they might they might be excited just for the fact that they did miss an ex they missed one day of practice and you know, just a couple of days of practice, focus up and let's get going and playing. You just never know how the guys are gonna respond to that kind of stuff. Yeah, could could potentially sharpen the mind to say, like, hey, we know that we're a little bit behind, so extra attention being put out there and so could actually mean an increased performance because of that. I wonder though if it if third and fourth quarter rolls around and we don't start to see a little bit of fatigue. Yeah. Especially I think, you know, we're going to talk about this in just a second. And what I think is going to be a pretty physical game for their defense. So let's talk about that guys. Uh, Last season when the Wildcats took the trip up to Cheney, uh, they ran all over them. They ran all over the Eagles. It was the key piece of the game. Chris Jackson had himself a day. We sent the battering ram all day and uh, he had uh, an absolutely monster game on the red turf. Uh, This season, 
the Eagles run defense does not look much better. Uh, they're currently giving up 275 yards a game on the ground. Like I said, that's with two power five opponents. So you can take that with a grain of salt, of course, but it doesn't seem to me. Uh, also, I guess I should point out that Montana state also had a really good day running the ball against them as well. So that's a little bit more a- apples to apples comparison, but uh, I mean, talk about just the phenomenon yeah. that's happening in Bozeman right now. Anyway, right. But the run defense for the Eagles, does not look to be greatly improved. We know that running is a strength of this Wildcat offense. How do you guys see that matchup? Do you see the Eagles, you know, pulling something from deep inside to stop the Wildcat run and force the Wildcats to pass? Or is it going to be a redux of what we saw in Cheney last year? Go ahead, I was Tom. shocked. I was really shocked when you when you told me that stuff that stat because when I watched that game that Eastern Washington versus Montana State, I saw some things from that defense that that kind of showed me that they they have the ability to be pretty good. You know, the Eastern Washington Montana State game. It's at <clears throat> near the end of the half, and Eastern Washington. You know, it's it's, it's Montana's first and goal, and Eastern Washington bows up. You know, three run plays and stops them there. That that was a big, big uh, point of the game for for Eastern Washington. So I've seen some things from from Eastern that that looks like they're they're not that bad. You know, and I know uh, if you go back and look at the stats from Montana State, you know, the Montana State quarterback Chambers, he was the leading rusher. You know, so yeah. sometimes that's not truly a rushing game. It's broken plays and things like that. Um, but and Chambers is a unique character in that regard. Right? Yeah, we just saw him run for about that, like two hundred was like two hundred seventy yards last weekend against Davis. Like, what? Yeah. What is that? You know, that over two hundred passing yards and two hundred rushing yards. Yeah, so yeah. it's a unique case, Maybe. I guess, Tom, in that way. Yeah, but I did like going back to the Davis game. You know, uh, Josh started to really flex his muscles a little bit, kind of getting back to his old ways. And that was that was yeah. pretty, pretty nice to see them pounding the ball a little bit. So, you know, I'm thinking maybe we've gotten a little better at the running game over over the last few weeks, too. And Josh is Josh is back to Josh and he's healthy. So, you know, if, if you're asking me where the edge is going to go to with the rushing game, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to lead to lean towards Weber State. Yeah. Chris, how are you feeling about this no. this matchup between the run offense of the Wildcats, the run defense of the Eagles? Yeah, no, I it, Brett Hine uh, pointed out that they they've actually they actually gave up more rushing yards to uh Tennessee State and, and Montana State than they did to the the uh, two P five schools. So although Florida, I looked it up, averaged almost ten runs a game or ten, 10 runs a carry. So they, they just didn't run the ball as much. But um Across the board, FCS, FBS, they've given up a lot of rushing yards. Um, so, and that, like you said, that's one of Weber's strengths. You know, I, I also mentioned that, you know, this is offensive Mickey Mentals is supposed to be balanced, but if, if there's a, a time in the season where you might see a little run heavy, it could be this game. I mean, they've got to see that on film. They have the backs to do it. Um, I think you might see a little run heavy uh, uh, game planning and and I expect a, a big game out of our running backs. Yeah. My hope is that that is the case because I think that we need to continue to develop that pass game. Uh, I don't think it's quite there. Uh, like we saw in the Davis game, the Wildcats did not throw a lot of deep balls there. Um, the passing game was 
tough all night. There were some some plays where things got done, but by and large, you know, it was it was the run game that was sort of carrying the offense and moving the chains forward. It was difficult to really throw some of the stuff that we had seen in the previous three games where Wildcats are taking opportunities. They're trying to get that fade to T-Mac, you know, like lots of that good stuff. We didn't see as much of that against Davis. And it's only going to get tougher, right? Like the Wildcats are only going to face tougher defenses as we move through the October schedule. So I'm hoping that the there will be some success on the ground against the Eagles that will give Barron the opportunity to continue to throw the ball because I think the more that he plays in those live game situations and gets that experience in that system, it's going to pay dividends. And when we see the Montana States and the Montanas and the Sac States, even though I think Sac State's secondary isn't very good. Yeah. You know, you know, I know we're going backwards a little bit, but what's really interesting to me about the Davis game is the fact that the defensive philosophy for both teams seem to be, we're going to give you the five to 10 yarders, right? But you're not going to go deep on us. You know, yeah. you're just not going to throw deep. And, and coach Mantles, like I know in his scheme, there was, there was calls where that ball could have gone deep, but it wasn't there because they weren't going to let it happen. Right. And, you know, it's kind of interesting when you look at offensive output and just any game, you can play college, NFL, even high school. If you look at an offensive output, how many big plays they are. Like, look how good Weber State is when they have an ex, like two to three explosive plays. Because all of a sudden now you have, you start a series on your 20 and you have an explosive play. Now you're on the, on the plus 40 and now you only have to get you only have to have a few plays of success and then you score. But if you start on the 20 and they are just giving you five, 10, that's, that's a lot of plays and a lot of execution. You have to run all the way down the field to score. And, and, and to me, it was the, both defenses just mirrored each other saying, Hey, you'll make a mistake. Someone's going to make a mistake. You're not going to convert on a third down. And as the field shrinks, as you get closer to the red zone, those zones get tighter. So it was, uh, I was just really interested in that game and how, how that chess game worked out. Yeah. Felt like a lot of uh, bend, but don't break defense. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. An awful lot. Um, so we're talking about Eastern Washington guys. Of course, if we're talking about Eastern Washington, we're talking about quarterbacks, right? Because that is a thing that they do well in Cheney. They always seem to coach up a guy to take the reins of the offense and turn him into a Walter Payton finalist. seems like everybody is up there. Um, Gunnar Talkington having a good season, right? I mean, he's, he's no slouch. He's no, he's no Eric Barrier, of course. Uh, cause who is Eric Barrier was a, was a really unique player and really talented, but that's not to take anything away from Gunnar talking. The guy has the goods. He's currently tied with uh, the San Diego state transfer to Montana. Lucas Johnson, who's had a lot of success this season uh, leads the conference in. They both lead the conference in touchdown passes at 11. And keep in mind, that's with two power five opponents and not like, Oh, we played, I don't know. We played some weak PAC 12 team. Like, no, they played Oregon. They played an, a pretty decent PAC 12 team. And then they went and just played Florida. Who's, you know, Maybe on a little bit of decline since the Utes have played them, but still, uh, Florida's not a slouch, right? Um, we've seen some success, and I guess another thing I should point out is that the the Eagles have played one less game than the Grizz now, and still Gunnar Talkington is tied with Lucas Johnson. 
Um, the other the other piece of that only has three picks this season against those two tough opponents, plus the folks that they have played against, like Tennessee State, Montana State. Um, so I'm wondering, uh, are the Wildcats going to have the opportunity to ruffle this guy's feathers? I mean, we did see that when Eric Berrier played here in Ogden in uh, 2018. That happened. Uh, can we maybe expect a similar thing against Gunnar Talkington? What do you think, Tom? Well, I think I think that's going to all come up to the D line, right? All of a sudden, yeah. you force that quarterback to get off schedule, and then you know he's throwing the ball somewhere where somebody's open, and and all of a sudden he's not open. So I mean, you know, I know I know the back end, the secondary gets the pick, but in the reality of it, and 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 any guy in the secondary will tell you this: it's the D line guys, right? It's it's them getting there a little bit, one step faster, causing the quarterback to throw it just a half a second earlier. And it just throws the timing. So, you know, with that, with that idea, you know, <clears throat> I have no reason not to bet on the, uh, the Weber state defensive line. Right. I mean, uh, it's been years and years. They've never, they've never let us down. Right. And, and I could see that being a, a problem for them is getting that pressure. And all of a sudden you start doing things. I, I will, I did think, I did think Eastern Washington's offensive line, just watching them play against Montana state uh, defensive line. And I don't think Montana state's defensive line is what it used was last year, but no. they're, they're pretty efficient. You know, Eastern Washington's O line was pretty efficient and in protection. So I think that's going to be a pretty good matchup, but I mean, we all know the history of Weber State's defensive line, right? And and the back end is solid. Um, the one thing is, is going back to Utah Tech, you know, we did kind of struggle a little bit and gave up some big plays when, when that quarterback starts to scramble. And then that's when it's really hard to cover those guys, right? So, but... Uh, no, I think he's going to, you know, our, our D line always cause problems for quarterbacks. And the Eagles like to spread the ball around, right? Like if you go look right. at the stats in the conference right now, there's not like one, one Eagles wide out that really jumps off the page as their guy, you know, they're yeah. pretty even they like to spread the ball around. And so I think that that creates problems. Like you're saying, Tom, the, the D line is, you know, trying to get home. Guy yeah. scrambles out of the pocket. He's got lots of options because that's what they do. He's not looking for just one guy. He's looking for lots of guys and they have talent yeah. there. Chris, what about you, man? But, what do you think about this? Oh, so, Tom, you got one more thought? Yeah, but then going back to Gunner too, right? Back to that Montana State game. He didn't get a lot of help from his receivers. Like, I mean, they made some plays, but there were some drops there too. Um, so, you know, he needs a little help from those guys also. Yeah. Chris, what are your thoughts on Gunnar Talkington? How do you see this matchup with the Wildcat D-line? And then also, you know, the stacked Wildcat secondary because only three picks. Does that number go up this today? Well, we were, has been very good at, uh, at intercepting the ball. Uh, Ten times. That this year. Yeah, right. Led the, I'm, I'm not sure if they're still number one after the bye week, but but they were leading the nation. Um from what I've seen in Talkington, I've watched him in uh, most of a couple of games, and uh, he does. He does look like he's got very good skill. He, he, he's yeah. good. That's um, what they do up there. You know, that's right, what they do. Right. They just reload there. Um, I, I agree that uh, the defensive line has been a pleasant surprise this year because there was some questions coming in, but especially with the ends, with their youth. Um, but – uh, they have they have played well, but one thing sticks out a lot with the defensive line, and I guess this goes with the linebackers too. But um, sacks. five sacks 
They only have five sacks on the year. That's dead last by, in the conference. Um, so here's my take on this, and I might be off on this, but here's my take as I've been thinking about that. Um, and as I've watched and, and thinking, why only five sacks? Um, it, it appears to me as I watched that, that Weaver has been doing very little blitzing. And so that's a lot of times where you'll get, uh, where you'll get some little sacks, but it, it just seems to me like the philosophy is, you know, our, our defensive line, you guys stop the run and they've been very good at that. Very good. And, 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 and we got this great secondary. We're just going to let them, you know, handle that pass attack. Um, even if that means, you know, they can do it without a ton of pressure on the quarterback and they have. And so they've been uh, using that uh, secondary, which is great. And and the linebackers um, in pass coverage, they've just been dropping them back. So we're going to, you know, we have perfect total confidence in our, in our uh, secondary to stop that passing attack. You defensive linemen, just stop the run, man. And we're not going to do a lot of blitzing. That's just kind of how I've seen it. I, I might be off on that, but, but I think that might explain some of the, the lack of sacks. And, and so, you know, I don't know if there's going to be a change that way this game, but it's worked. So I don't, I don't see why you, why you need to change. Um, I think those, uh, that secondary, that, that uh, those linebackers, uh, yeah, I think they can handle Talkington. I, I, I don't have any doubt of that. He's not the best. I, I don't think he's the best quarterback they've played, you know, no. so, so, so far. So yeah, I, I have confidence in it that they'll, they'll handle it. Yeah, and getting getting back to your point about the sacks and stuff, I tell you what, the, the beating that that D line put on the Utah Tech quarterback, like like holy mackerel, right? I don't know how many sacks we had, but uh, I mean the hits, hit you know, and that that that's just that's just hard on a quarterback, man. You get whacked, and then it's like right. you get whacked, and now it's you know you went from second to ten, you get whacked, and it's like third and ten, and you're still counting your change, and you're trying to get up there. You know it doesn't show in a stat deal, but it is a big deal. But and I also think too, I think Gunner is a good quarterback. He's a sixth year quarterback. I could see his team just always, you know, rally around him. I, I bet he's a tough kid, you know, and all those type of things. Everything you want to see in a college football player. Um, you know, that, that those, all those intangibles. So I think that's a big part too, but I don't think he's like, you know, the gunslinger, like, like the kid, like the kid from Montana state, right. Two different guys. Yeah. And I think it's a good point, Tom, what you said about, you know, the way that the Wildcats handled Kobe Tracy, because they knew that he was going to be a guy that wanted to throw the ball a lot. And he did in that first half, he threw the ball an awful lot. But I think right. that you're right. The hits caught up with him in the second half because there were a lot of passes that just missed the mark in the second half. Yeah. Those beatings started to take a toll on him, and he just wasn't able to connect with guys the way that he had in the first half. And so that doesn't necessarily show on the stat sheet in that way. You know, it's like, oh, guys, just you know, overall he was this, but it's like, yeah, that second half, there were passes that he probably makes in the first half, but not in the second half. And you know, well, how many, how many, how many deep balls did he miss to number one down the sideline? Right. Just because he was just a little bit, just couldn't set his feet just right. And just couldn't put the right touch on. I mean, they must've been like, Oh, for four to that deep ball. Yeah. Weaver well, has face of great quarterbacks. So you mentioned him, he came in with those huge numbers, right? They handled it. Let even them. that, yeah, even the Western Oregon quarterback, yeah, he looked good, solid. 
I was surprised. Bonner. Bonner didn't have a good game, but I mean, he came in as a, you know, a, a seven year vet that has had a lot of success. Right. Yeah. And, um, and then uh, Hastings, their last game, Hastings might be the best quarterback in the, in the conference, the way he's played. So they, they faced some very good quarterbacks all four games really. And uh, so, yeah, Talkington's going to be another challenge, but they're up for it. I think Hastings is probably the most efficient quarterback that they've seen. Right. Like yeah. he's a guy who, like we saw, he's tough because he gets the ball out quickly. And so that's why you didn't have a ton of sacks in that game, because that's the way that they run their offense. And he, I think he currently leads the conference in passing yards. So that is what it is. He does. But, 250 a game, 252. Yeah. And so, but I mean, he's also not a deep ball threat. That's not what Miles Hastings right. is about. It's not what he does. So some credit to the the defensive line and trying to get home uh, because they also did a good job against defending the run, which is the next thing I want to talk about with Iwu. Uh, Iwu right now, the run offense is, it's okay. Like they're seventh in the conference with 527 yards. So it's not like awful. It's not the worst thing ever, but they're not Montana state, but then again, who is right now? Right. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys, like, do you feel that, with the way the Wildcats have defended the run, which I think, you know, they face some pretty explosive backs, like you know, doing a pretty good job on Alonzo Gilliam. Um, do you think that, do you think that the, the Eagles are going to be able to get the run game going? Because I think that if they don't, is there potentially fears that they become one dimensional and it's like, yeah, you guys aren't going to be able to run the ball. So they're going to have to pass. And then maybe that's where you start to blitz more and let the secondary just do what they do, which is going to, it's going to cause mistakes, right? And it's going to cost the Eagles. Do you see them getting a run game going, or do you feel like it's going to make them pretty one-dimensional? I see this playing out like these other games have. Um, Weaver has just been lights out against the run. Yeah. Um, and it's caused these other teams, some of these other teams they've played to go really pass heavy. Um over 50, 50 passes from what both the Utah Tech quarterback and, and then Hastings and Hastings over 50, 50 attempts. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't see where it's going to be any different. They'll stuff the run and uh, and then you're going to see a lot of passing, I think, out of Eastern. They're used to that. So and that's what they do. Yeah. So right, that's what they do. And, and Weber's been good at good at good at both of those this year. So I'd expect more of the same. Tom, what about you? You know, I think Eastern does a great job of making you defend the whole field. Sure. Um, you know, they do get into a two tight personnel and they do try to get it downhill. I don't think they've had great success with that. You know, that Micah Smith, he's a good running back. You know, he started that. that he started moment? that Montana state game. And I think he had two real big explosive plays. And I think he, I think he accounted for the first 14 points. So he's got something to him. But I think, you know, Eastern's going to scheme it a little bit where, yeah, we're not going to sit there and hand it to the to the running back, but we're going to throw a little five yard scat route or a slant or a little bubble screen and things like that and spread Weaver, not spread him out, but make him play the whole field and make him tackle in the open field and then see see what happens with that, you know. Like, like you see it all the time now in college football, right? The the concepts where they're throwing the, the ball behind the line of scrimmage. Is that yeah. really a pass or are we still really – you're still running the ball. It's still kind of a run play. You're just depending on the receivers to do the heavy work and become blockers. So 
I think they do a nice job of, of making you defend the whole field. I mean, they're, they're, they're smart guys over there, you know, at Eastern Washington, they're not going to try and just keep jamming it up in there. You know, if they, if they feel they're good in the old line and they can knock us around, then they, they probably they'll give it a try. But if, if they don't have success, they got to have another plan because you have to have, you have to have first down success, either short passing game or run game or something, but you got to get into second and five. You can't spend the whole game second and 10, right? So you got to, you got to manufacture something in that first down play, either a short pass or something, right? Right. One thing to keep your eye on, it, it, it's just kind of interesting from a stat perspective is uh, Weber has not uh, given up a, uh, has not given up a, tu- a rushing touchdown this year. And then Kobe, Kobe, yeah, in four games, that's impressive. And then Kobe, you mentioned that Talkington leads the leads the conference in touchdown passes. Yep. So they can, you know, they're good at they're get they're good at getting the ball in the end zone through the pass uh, through the air. But um, Weber, you know, like I said, hasn't hasn't given up a rushing touchdown yet. So I'd like to see how that plays out and see if Weber can keep that streak alive. Yeah, I had uh, I had one thing about that. Oh, it was this. Uh, I actually had this as the last, but since you brought this up, Chris, maybe it's a good time to talk about red zone offense and defense. So Eastern allows the most first down conversions in the conference, and they are 10th in the conference in red zone defense. Weber, second best red zone conversion, you know, in the conference and the best red zone defense in the conference. Also want to look right now at, some of Eastern's red zone offense, because obviously that that's a key thing that they do. Eastern right now sitting at 10 in the conference in terms of red zone offense, which is maybe a little bit misleading percent of the time, nine out of 11 visits they've converted, uh, but only 11 visits. So what that tells me is explosive plays like Thomas talking about, right? Like they're not getting yeah. into the red zone and then scoring what they're doing is they're getting you way back in and then that's how they're getting their points, right? Just these big plays, these big chunk plays. Um, that, you can hold them off of that. You're really yeah. going to slow them down, I think. Well, that, that, would help, that would help explain why they've got 11 passing touchdowns and only three rushing touchdowns. So, uh, yeah. Limit and those big-time big plays where, where they're, that's where they're getting their touchdowns. And, yeah, that's key. And I think that ties into the fact, like what I talked about is just watching them, making you defend the whole field, right? The whole field. And that's probably, you know, uh, I've saw a few guys running wide open. So they, they do a good job of that. Right. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to talk to you guys about was special teams. Um, so Eastern had kicking problems last season. Um, their kicker kind of let them down a few times. There was that weird thing that happened at the Kibbe Dome. If you guys remember that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Or like we kicked the ball into the scoreboard, but like they said it didn't go in. I don't know, man. That was weird. It actually, it looks like it did go in. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. But it seems like that maybe they've gotten better. But the interesting, so here's the stats that I, I pulled out of this that I, I thought was interesting. Um, Eastern's kicker right now has only kicked two field goals this season. Two. He made one. But on the flip side, when it comes to extra points, he is a perfect, uh, where's my number? Where's my number? He is a perfect 13 for 13. So not a lot of opportunities. It seems like the Eagles are feast or famine. Either they're doing the thing 
and getting the touchdowns, you know, with plays or they're just not and they're punting, right? Like there's, it doesn't seem to be an in between with, with them. And so it feels like if you stop them, they're not going to get to the red zone and their, their guy really hasn't kicked a lot, but when he is kicking, he's making all those extra points, which, you know, should be a chip shot for guys. And so kicking, how do you guys feel about this? Because that's uh, kicking has kept a lot of teams in the game. I mean, it kept Davis in the game against the Wildcats. Um, and so if Eastern's not kicking the ball a lot or not kicking it well, that's just one more thing. I think Eastern really has to play at a high level to beat the Wildcats today. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I've been harsh on, on Eastern's uh, special teams play, especially after we uh, we beat them up there in Cheney. I mean, yeah. That that game almost came, really kind of came down to their their poor special teams play. Sure. It was awful, and I watched uh, the Tennessee State game. It, it wasn't much better. Um, yeah, yeah. I would. I don't have. I don't. I don't think that they're all that much better. Um, only two field goals attempts. Is that what you said? Two attempts, one make. Yeah. Well, then maybe that goes back to those uh, a lot of those touchdowns. I'd like to see the stats on on their the yardage on their touchdowns, you know, because no. that would point again to uh, long long uh, touchdowns plays since they're not in that red zone if they only have the two field goals. Eleven so, visits, right? Just that's it. Yeah, Eleven visits right. to the red zone. Tom, what yeah. do you think about the special teams play with Eastern? Is it going to be a factor here, or like I said, if the Wildcats are really just keeping them out of the red zone, it doesn't matter. Oh, I, I think it's going to be huge because what I saw was I saw really less than average kickoff cover by Eastern Washington. I saw a uh, high snap, right? And then also I saw a tipped a uh, tipped punt, right? So that they gave up. So I, I think, you know, as you guys talk about their history and what I saw from the Montana State game, they got some problems. And there's there's no quicker way to lose a game than on special teams. I mean, you're punting from your own 20 and that thing gets blocked. And now you don't need uh, you don't need an explosive play on offense. You got it on the 10 yard line. You got to run three plays to score. You know, so I think I think that's a huge factor for us. And I think it's definitely in our favor because, you know, we are so, you know, we are so sound on our special teams, you know, um, yeah, I what think, we do. Uh, and, and, especially, <laughs> special teams right now, Abraham Williams, guys, is really, I think, coming mm-hmm. into his own. He's been getting some yeah. of those kick opportunities and he's been making the most of them. And so, like you're saying, Tom, if the Eagles aren't doing a good job with kick coverage, that could really burn them because... Yes, of course, Rashid Shahid is gone, but there are some guys that, that have really done some damage. I mean, Hayes Hadley has been very good in punt returns this season, but Abraham Williams, I think, has really been um, big and surprising in, in that kick return role. Um, and there are options. So, yeah. You know, and a, and a small little thing that's a good example of how well we're coached, how, how well our, our guys have been coached on special teams. You know, the traditional deal, you know, you punt the ball away, the ball is going to land on the 10 or the 12. So the rule is, you know, if, you're, if your feet are on the 10, you fair catch it, right? So, and, and you watch our guys. So if we're punting, all our guys on punt, they see that fair catch. And the first thing they all do is they run, they run to the goal line and they put their feet on the goal line. So if that guy is just trying to bait you and he's not going to catch it and is actually going to bounce on the five, they're there to catch the ball, to pin it on the one. Watch mm-hmm. that, you know, and I, I saw that. And I go, man, that's a well 
well coached, pay attention to the details, special teams type of situation. Even when we do kickoff cover, all our guys sprint through the end zone, right? It's you yep. see all these little things and you know, it's just little things, but it, it turns to at some point in the game, it's a big thing, you know? Yeah. yeah I'd like to see if uh, <clears throat> you might look for some of those uh, Jay Hill uh, um, fake, uh, fake punts in that. That worked really well up there last year. <laughs> I do love Jay Hill trickeration. Oh man. I love it. <laughs> Well, they got they got on their on their PAT uh, block. They overload to one side, so they better be all balanced up and squared away, or else we're going to run that football right at them. So they better, you know, figure out what they're doing on that side of the ball. Guys, last thing on this: um, Eastern defense has only had three picks this season. Uh, it's just kind of like one, one, one. Uh, they had one against Tennessee State, one against Montana State, I think one against Oregon or something. Um, is there an opportunity here for Barron to continue to throw the ball and get comfortable in this pass offense? Because I think that that is the X factor in the Wildcats potentially making a run through the gauntlet, which will happen throughout the rest of this month. If Barron can throw the ball well against some of the defenses that are coming, that's really going to make a big difference. And with Eastern not being maybe the best secondary, is there opportunity to continue to grow that? I mean, give me your guys' thoughts because, I mean, We'd like to see more of what we saw against Utah Tech and maybe less of what we saw against Davis, where the pass game was much more conservative, right? Like Davis was focused on not giving up the big plays, and you can expect that other quality defenses will be trying to do the same. Do you see the Wildcats trying to break through some of that uh, against this Eastern secondary? What are your thoughts, Tom? Um, I, I just think I just think that that Barron's going to run the offense. You know, Utah Tech, we had a good matchup on the outside. They knew it. And and then he was probably coached during the week. If you see this matchup, this is what you do. And and it paid dividend, right? It was all planned. All those deep balls are all planned before the week. And there's a strategy behind it. And I don't, you know, of course, we don't know what the meetings were before the Davis games. And maybe those things were that weren't there. And and he didn't take them. You know, I didn't I didn't see any opportunities to go deep on Davis that we didn't take advantage of. So right. I guess for me, it's just I just want to see him continue to, to run the offense. I like seeing him, you know, throw to that third guy, which tells me that, hey, that's all right, man. There's, there's nothing wrong with throwing to the third guy and just getting some positive yards. Right. And not every play needs to be a big play, but just play within the offense, play within the scheme. And then when you have those opportunities, you, you take those opportunities either through the fact that our, our old line is running, the, uh, knocking people off the ball and you're getting into second and second and two where you can take a shot. Right. But yeah. for me, it's just more about him just involved evolving with coaches, coach mentals offense and the system. And I'm sure, I'm sure coaches just slowly spoon feeding him all the things that he wants to do. <laughs> Chris, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mentioned earlier, I thought it might be a run heavy game just because of Eastern's uh, run defense and then how good, how good our backs are. But um, maybe in game in, in uh, film, they see, they see equal opportunity to take advantage in the passing game. So maybe you might see a balanced attack and, and uh, to continue to give uh Baron opportunities to, to continue to get better and gain his confidence. So 
it would surprise me either way. It's more balanced too. I, I think we can pass on them. Um, so yeah. And, you know, shout out when we're talking about the past, you know, shout out to the line, the old line, they've given up four sacks all year. That's first in the, that's first in the conference. Um, they just need to work on those false starts, man. Jeez. Penalties, penalties have been 11. Fun. Yeah. I went through the penalties today. They, they, they're by far the, the worst team in the, in the conference in penalties. Yep. They have, uh, let's see what I had it written down. 30, they've given up, they've had 36 penalties in four games. Um, I, and I went through those and look, 11 of those are false starts. That's almost three a game. Maybe that, maybe, you know, a lot of that is the new offense still trying to get that rhythm. And, and you know, you know, there's a change there and how, how the ball snapped in that, but um, need to work on that. But man, you only give up five, five sacks in four games lead the conference. You got to give them that. So they've given Baron, you know, they've given Baron uh, great protection. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes those sack things too, you know, like if you look at an offensive line, it gives up a lot of sacks, right? It That, that sack thing kind of gets always put on the old line, but that's a team thing, right? That's an offensive yeah. thing of like what you talked about is throwing on rhythm, having a plan. Like there's the obvious sack where a guy just gets beat, right? Like that's just yeah. like, it has nothing to do with scheme or anything. He just got beat. But a lot of that is like the quarterback knowing where to put the ball, the receivers knowing what's going on with the routes. So that's, you know. And the running backs uh, pass blocking yeah. out of the backfield. Yeah. 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 So sometimes when it's a sack, you know, it's like, oh, it's always the old line. But to me, it's got to be a two way street. Like we're not giving up sacks. And I think it goes back to to the, an off, offensive system that gets the ball out and a quarterback knows where that ball's got to go. And he's got that clock ticking in his head going, OK, um, first option, not open. Second option. Boom. I got to get to this third option now. Right. And I think that's. that's a, 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 a total offensive address from coast to players. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, a lot to, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about a lot here with the Eagles today uh, for the homecoming game. So make sure to get up there, get your tickets. I heard that uh, bank of Utah is doing a promo. If you put bank of Utah, I think that's the promo code you can get for free, probably sitting on the East side, but I mean, I don't want to hear about ticket prices, folks. There are plenty of opportunities to get some, get some tickets. And this is going to be a fun one, man. Like this is going to be a lot of fun. I mm-hmm. think. And, Homecoming is one of my favorites. So get your tickets to get up there, man. These games with Eastern are always fun. They're yeah. fun. Oh. And weather's going to be great. Just get out there, man. It's, yeah, the it's going to be an, an awesome evening. I mean, and I'm feeling good about the Wildcats and stuff, but you, you're a hundred percent right. Like I'm look, I'm remembering kind of going through all these games with Eastern Washington, you know, let's be honest guys. We had no right of winning that game up there. Right. But oh, that's on the ropes. Yeah. But that's just a great example of like crazy things happen when we play Eastern Washington. Just like like when they came down here and played us when when Coach Mack was here and we 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 ended up winning the Big Sky Championship. But if we would have beat Eastern at home, it would have been it would have been an outright Big Sky Championship that we've never done before. But they beat us, right? And they had no reason to beat us here. I mean, there's just so much history there. It's always a crazy game. Something crazy happens, man. I can even go back to when I when I my senior year. It was 59-63 was the score. And we had to score in the last minute to win the game. So it's just like you say. There's a history of craziness, man. All right. 
And they, they haven't been they haven't been in Ogden in four years. Yeah, yeah. 2018, and I was noticing before that it went back to uh, 2012. Yeah, it's six years, so this is a great opportunity to come out and, and watch Eastern, a team we don't we haven't traditionally seen at home very often. So yeah, right. Jay Hill, Jay Hill has played up in Cheney far more times than you know he's right. played against the Eagles at home. So, all right, guys, appreciate your analysis there on Eastern Washington. Let's take a look at the conference schedule. Uh, take a fly around the sky, man. First game up on the docket, Cal Poly at NAU. From what I understand, NAU actually has sold out the walk-up Sky Dome this weekend for this game. A um, couple of teams that are struggling. NAU has not looked good. Cal Poly has not, not looked great, but not looked as awful as last season. I don't know, guys, who, who's your pick here? NAU has looked good at times and not good at times. They yeah, beat right. uh, Sam Houston on the road. That was a great win. They almost and probably should have beat a good North Dakota team at home. Yep. Um, but then they just – they've not looked good at all in other games. So um, – but Cal Poly and Cal Poly, is a, they're, they're improved. They're getting better. They're much better than they were last year. But I don't see them going into Flagstaff and getting that win, although I think that might be a pretty tight game. But I'll take NAU on that. What about you, Tom? Uh, I'm going to take NAU. I mean, there's really no rhyme or reason. Home team, sellout crowd. Yeah. You know, that's all that's I got it. to go on now. That's, that's, that's the it. edge right there is home team, sellout yeah. crowd. Yeah. Weird stuff happens in Flagstaff. We all know that. <laughs> and so that's the edge. You know, even though NAU looked really bad against Idaho a couple of weeks ago. Oh, man. Like, I'm, I'm giving this one to the Jacks. Next up on the schedule, Idaho State continuing the, I don't know, what do we want to call this? The, 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 tour of, the tour of terror for these guys. They had to play Montana in their building. Uh, now they got to go to Bozeman and see if they can stop the run. I don't know, guys. What do you think about the Stripes? Hey, they didn't look too bad against Montana. They had that, yeah. Montana that also. Right. Uh, yeah, that was a lot closer than I think anybody expected, but for sure. Um, yeah, they're still not good though. Uh, I take Montana State big in that one. Yeah, Montana State, man. I watched that game at Davis. I, I really went into it thinking Davis could win that game. I, I picked them. Same. Same. Montana State impressed. They really yeah. did. So I take Montana State big at home. Tom, what about you? Man, I, I going back, man, I was impressed that that Montana had to go to trickery, had to go to trickery to beat Idaho State. They run a little double pass. Right. So that's, mm -hmm. that was kind of impressive on Idaho, that Idaho State put that much fear in him that they had to go to trickery. But don't matter. Montana State's going to win this week. Yeah, because I think the difference here is that they're going to run the ball. Right. It doesn't take much trickeration to run the ball. Stop. Them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't They're know good at it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you saw what that Montana state offense did to that Davis defense that we had just seen the week prior. Like you think Idaho state's going to do better than them. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. Um, the next one's weird. Uh, Portland state is playing D two Lincoln university out of Oakland, California. Um, that game is in Hillsborough guys. D2 Lincoln or PSU? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty easy call there. Portland State big. Lincoln, I think, is what, in their second year as a program? Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I, I had to look up who, I, when I saw that on the schedule, I had no idea who Lincoln was. I never even heard of him. I had to look him up. Yeah. Like, these guys, so. 
Like, what's up with this? Yeah, Tom, what about I'm more I, I'm more interested in their basketball team. Their you know their basketball team is uh, Gary Payton. So all right, their coach. <laughs> but football, no, no, they're gonna get they're gonna get rolled up. Tom, how you feeling on this one? You gonna get plucky and choose Lincoln or? Play. I'm just looking at all these picks, man. This is an easy week for picking, man. I'm my stats. Is. This is gonna be good, man. I'm going Portland State. Too easy. Uh, uh, nice. And it's a light week, isn't there? What four four teams on by? Yeah, uh, Montana's on by uh, three three teams. Idaho's on by, aren't they? Yeah, Idaho, Montana, and Davis. And Davis are on by now. Yep. And yeah. so, yeah. Uh, next up, guys, Northern Colorado at Sac State. We know Sac State not usually as good at home. And Northern Colorado, guys, I don't know about those guys. I mean, they played Idaho a heck of a lot tougher than I expected last weekend. Because I watched a good chunk of that game, and I was like, what is going on? So where are you guys at on this one? Well, Idaho came, Idaho came out and kind of blew them out in the second half, didn't they? So they put up a fight in the first half. Yeah, they but- did, yeah. Northern Colorado's record looks it, um, it makes them look better than they are because they they've played nobody. They've played nobody, uh, right? Right. They played um, some of the worst teams in the country and lost to one of them um, in Idaho State. Um, so I still don't think they're any good. Sac State will roll on this one. Yeah. To me, the secret to beating Northern Colorado is uh, pressure on the quarterback. Dylan McCaffrey is not as good as he has looked these last two weeks, folks. He is not that good. Like. Tom, what about you? Easy. Sac State. I mean, it's just too easy. Roy Taylor, nice and easy pick. And then finally, guys, I realized that we haven't been picking our own games in these things. <laughs> we should probably do that. <laughs> so, Eastern Washington at Weber State, guys. Um, we've talked all about it. Talked about the pros and the cons. Wildcats coming off the bye week. That could be some trouble, but also Eastern can't defend the run. Who do you got? <laughs> I uh, I think everything points to Weber in this game. Um, yeah. Weber can run the ball well. Uh, Eastern can't stop the run. Weber is uh, very good defensively against the pass. That's kind of Eastern's you know mo passing game. Um, yeah, the buy thing kind of concerns me a little bit because there is a history there. Um, but like I said earlier, I think that might be offset by Eastern's all that travel they've had in the last week and and uh, that uh, let one last day to prepare. So I'm taking Weber. Um, maybe about like, a couple touchdowns, maybe. Okay. Tom, how you feeling here, man? I mean, Montana State only beat them by three. So I think winning by yeah. two touchdowns, that's that's pretty emphatic. How are you feeling, Tom? Yeah. Or, or the Eagles? Man, yeah. Now that you put it that way, you know that's you know that's pretty good when you think about it that way because that uh, you know Chambers from the quarterback from Montana State is pretty darn good. He was slinging it, and now that I start thinking about you know that they only they only lost by three and how efficient that offense was rolling for Montana State, but. I I'm I'm going to say the difference is going to be special teams and that's going to blow the top off of this thing. And I think it's going to give us a 14 point advantage. Tom taking the cats. Wise choice fellas. Uh, I think we're all in agreement. All the same picks. Yep. All the same picks this week. So we're all going down or we're all, we're all having drinks. Either way. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> All right, I came in on a pretty easy week to pick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't feel bad. I mean, there are some guys, you know, Felipe, he's still 10 and 0 because he picked uh, week one. So, oh, wow. pretty. you know, whenever yeah. we get him back on, we're going to have to throw some challenges at him because week one was cakewalk. That was no problem. Uh, but let's look at an upcoming schedule, guys. Like we said today, at East uh, Eastern Washington at Weber State. Uh, game starts at six o'clock. Get up there and tailgate. Take advantage of all the good homecoming stuff going on. Make sure you're posting, guys. Hashtag Make Ogden Purple. We just talked to Daniel Collier this week, uh, or yeah, is this week about about that campaign and about all the good stuff that's going on around Ogden. So make sure you tell your friends. Get make sure you're wearing your Weber State gear if you're posting on social media about some of the stuff that you're doing out there. If you're tailgating with Chris and Jared and all the guys like, Hey man, make sure you're, you're posting on it on social media using hashtag make Ogden purple. They'd love to see it. Then, uh, then we really, um, we got a, a little bit of a, maybe a down week before we really hit the gauntlet folks. So then Saturday, October 15th, Wildcats take the trip up to Hillsborough to play Portland state. That game will be at 3 PM mountain standard time on ESPN plus. And then the gauntlet begins folks. October 22nd, the Wildcats take the trip to Bozeman to face the run scary Montana State Bobcats. 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, ESPN Plus. If you get there, I'm, I'm hearing Chris Fair is going to be there. That's that's what. Yeah, I'm making that trip. Yep. Yep. Chris Fair is going to be up there. It's going to be. Uh, this is it, man. This is going to be a clash of the titans in the Big Sky. Uh, yeah. And then the following week, another really good one, Montana. Coming to Ogden, 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Get your tickets. Get to Stewart Stadium for that game. Grizz fans will be there. They had two full sections of Holt Arena last weekend. Um, expect the same against a much bigger game in playing Weber State because there's potential for the Wildcats to be maybe one loss going into that game, depending on how things go against uh, against either Eastern Washington or Montana State. I'm calling PSU a dub. I don't know, guys. Get to gets to 29th. That's that's going to be big. That's going to be people are going to be watching that game. Yeah, like national FCS folks are going to be watching that game. All right. So we'll wrap up the show. Weaver State Weekly at gmail.com. If you want to email us, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon. Um, blog. Uh, haven't we didn't post anything last week? There were no grades to post because of the game. Uh, no games. So uh, we'll try and get something else up on the blog. If I got a little bit of time, my parents are here visiting in Tennessee this week. So. A little bit busy doing some stuff. <laughs> nice. But Tom and Chris want to thank you guys both for hopping on to chat a little bit about today's game. Appreciate you both. We'll wrap it up like we usually do. Weber State, Weber State. Great. Great, great. Great, great. Oh, wow. Cats.